three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter. Hope you're having a great week so far. Uh, The Real Pineapple is currently on hiatus. I'm actually recording this a couple days before I'm on said hiatus. Um, I was lucky enough to get a screener for the new uh, Pixar film, Turning Red, which is uh, written and directed by, uh, by uh, I'm going to butcher his name, I'm sorry, uh, I believe it's Dami Shi, who his, so, okay. One thing I really do love about the Pixar, about Pixar in general, is that you see these directors, you know, go ahead and start off, you know, doing storyboards or work, maybe work in the animation department, and they go ahead and work their way up. And I do love the way that they go ahead and, you know, kind of work within or build within in that way. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's, Lass- you know, John Lasseter, whether it's Brad Bird, whether it's, uh, you know, Andrew Statton. Like, I really love the way that they go ahead and work internally as far as people getting their projects. And I have to give uh, uh, Dami Shi a, a ton of credit because... She was the writer and the director on that uh, on that short uh, bow, which I thought was so fucking well done and just really beautiful. I mean, got got her, got her an Oscar win, and I loved that short so much. And so I recognized her name for this. I was like, oh hell yeah, let's see what she's got as far as taking on her first uh, feature film. And this film goes ahead and follows um, our main character. In a uh, uh, in a uh, Mei Li, who's voiced by uh, Rosalie uh, uh, Chang, and her mom Ming, voiced by Sandra Oh. Uh, Sandra Oh, one of my favorite actresses. Period. Right now, and I don't want to give too much away, so I'm gonna kind of dance around some things. So Mei Li is very much the classic perfect child. Uh, she is, you know, getting straight A's in school. She is, you know, she like is in multiple clubs. Um, she's fucking awesome. But the way that the representation is done in this film in particular is something that I was really impressed with because they could have very easily have gone, you know, Hey, this takes place in China. Like they, they very easily could have gone that route, but nah, this takes place in fucking Toronto, which is something I went, Oh, okay. Like right on. And some of that Pixar has always been so, so great at is taking things that just seem kind of insane and making them work. Um, when we talk about uh, when I reviewed uh, Encanto, it was one of the things I I loved is how the film talked about um, you know family family dynamics and how toxic they can be. And without giving too much away, that is something that is addressed here. So 
you can tell from the trailer, I, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that uh, that May Lee turns into this adorable red panda. And the reason for why she turns into a red panda is actually really clever. And it's a very clever metaphor for things later on. And again, I'm really trying to dance around this because I really don't want to spoil too much for, uh, for y'all. But I love how the film even opens up by saying, number one rule in my family, honor your parents. And it's one of those things where you go, yeah, this is how you think about, you know, how certain family dynamics work. I mean, hell, I mean, I can speak from the from the, you know, from the black dynamic, you know, I've definitely had friends that are people of color where it's definitely been like this. Like, you don't question your parents, you go ahead and you follow the path that they have gone ahead and laid out for you. And at the end of the day, what I love about this film is that the film really does say like, yeah, you should honor your parents, but at the same time, don't be controlled by your parents. And some revelations that we find out about Ming, about Ming's character and where her and her relatives and where things kind of went awry with them. It's a lot of fascinating revelations that the more you get into the movie, the more it rewards you. And I will say for myself, one of the things that I've really loved that Pixar is doing is taking on I mean, they've always kind of done this, but they're doing it more from a social aspect now. They are really taking these characters of color, these people of color, and fleshing out their stories as far as issues and and problems that exist within those communities specifically. Um, Ray and the Last Dragon uh, has has that element. Soul has that element in it, and you know this this film definitely has an element in it. One of the things that I really love, and I mean love about this movie, is that uh, Maylee has a couple friends. Uh, Miriam, who's voiced by Ava Morris. Uh, Priya, uh, who's voiced by, and I'm so sorry, I'm going to butcher your name, uh, uh, Matri uh, uh, Khan, And then uh, I'm going to go with uh, Yan Park, who voices Abby. And of course, they end up having a fight because, you know, it's a kid's movie. But the fight they end up having is not some immature teen girl, teeny bopper bullshit. It is a, it's a very real fight with very real feelings in a way that I went, this is one of those things that could break down and get lost in translation very easily. And it, it doesn't you understand where each character is coming from for the reason this fight occurs. And that was something that I was really pleasantly surprised by, because let's be honest, y'all, how many times have we seen, you know, them have the nothing fight as, uh, <laughs> as Dane Cook would say. And that's really not a thing here. And it, and it made me really happy that the fight is handled with the gravity that it needs to be handled with given the circumstances. Um, I cannot find, um, her dad's name. I, I want to say it's Chris for some reason. I think that's right. But, uh, but that, uh, but, uh, May Lee's dad is voiced by James, uh, James Hong, who you of course know from Big Trouble Old China, uh, the Kung Fu Panda, uh, films, um, Batman Soul of the Dragon, which if you have not seen that, highly recommend. But there is one scene that they have from a, a father-daughter perspective that made me cry so fucking hard. And you'll know it when you get there. But that's the thing about this movie. Like, Encanto made me cry at multiple points, but I was weeping during this movie. I just could not believe how 
well everything is handled. The animation, I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like it's almost a backhanded compliment to bring up Pixar's animation, but their animation is top tier. There's a reason why Pixar is the company that they are. Uh, you always feel like you're being swept away in every shot. It's just everything feels like the city of Toronto feels like its own character. It, fe it feels like a living, breathing organism. And the way that they go ahead and showcase the city is something that I really was uh, was impressed by and was and found incredibly admirable. Uh, normally, this is a thing that can really bother me uh, when I think about something like uh, Suicide Squad or uh, well, oh, that one Transformers, uh, uh, Dark of the Moon. You know, title cards can be a real pain in the ass, but very early on when we're introduced to uh, Mei Li's uh, friends, uh, you know, Miriam Priya and uh, Abby, their title cards are so fucking cute, and they're just being kids. And at the end of the day, that's something that I really think kids need to see more, is that it's okay to be goofy. It's okay to, you know, fucking like stickers. It's okay to, you know, be 13 and like boys or girls or someone non-binary or whatever you're into. It's okay to have these feelings. And where a lot of the conflict comes between uh, between Mei Li and... Um, Oh my gosh. And um, her mom, a lot of the conflict comes from the fact that it, she does not want her daughter to grow up. And obviously it's one of those things that, you know, whether you're a parent or you're an older sibling, look, I mean, I went through this, like my, you know, like my sisters are, you know, being in freaking high school when I was in college. I'm like, oh, this is weird. You're into boys and shit. Ah, what the fuck's happening? But I wasn't even close to as insane as uh, Ming is. And honest to God, Ming does two things. One involving a boy, and I'll just leave it at that. But what Ming does while the film kind of goes like, oh my God, isn't that wacky? I have friends that have gone through similar shit. I've been in the room where similar shit has happened. I mean, let's be real. How many times, I think we all have had that friend when we were, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12, where if you went to their house, sometimes the parents would be arguing or maybe your friend would argue with the parent and then you're sitting there at the dinner table all awkward as hell. That is basically that the movie, <laughs> that's that situation, because some of the stuff Ming does, it, it's stuff you'd be telling to a counselor. Like, yeah, like it is so fucking dark and in a way that I'm like, oh, my God, you're really fuck you're going here. Um, one of the things that I love about the movie is that when uh, May, uh, when uh, May Lee uh turns red as it were um when she turns red it's all about her emotions it's it's essentially the the uh the you know she hulk you know she has to go ahead and keep or not she hulk because she hulk is always great but uh, she's basically the incredible hulk she has to go ahead and keep her emotions in check or she turns into uh and turns into the panda and the amount of hilarious sequences where maybe she might pop uh her tail might pop out or oh shit her her uh her paws popped up and you know replaced her hands there's this there is this one kid and i i i, I think his name is like trevor or travis I can't remember which. I, I apologize. IMDb doesn't have uh, him listed. This kid is a fucking monster, and I'm starting to love this concept that uh, that kids' films are kind of introducing more of of the bully who is just a piece of shit getting their ass whipped by fill in the blank. Because I think back to Ron's Gone Wrong and how incredibly shitty that one kid was in there, and how. <laughs> And how no shame the the robot just fucks his fucks his shit up, and how I cheered. I was like, "Good, give me more of that. Fuck that kid up." 
there's a moment like that in this movie that I just went, <laughs> yep, I don't feel any any sympathy for you at all. You're a fucking asshole. It made me very happy. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to think of what else I can say without spoiling stuff. There's a there's a boy group that is introduced uh, called Four Town. Uh, Four Town is wonderful, by the way. There's a song they sing called True Love that just had me rolling. And it's one of those elements where you're kind of like, all right, you're introducing this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And then what they do if you go, God damn, Pixar just understands how to take these, take these things that you go, wait, why are you doing this? And then you go, oh, this is to- there's totally a reason why you're doing this. And you completely understand why you're doing it. It's so fucking nuts, but in the best way possible. And it's one of those things where I just go, man, this is why Pixar continues to just elevate their game. And again, I understand, like, I want Mitchell's vs. Machines to win Best Animated Film this year because I truly believe it deserves it. It's my favorite anime film of the year, uh, even more so than Encanto, even more so than um, uh, Ron's Gone Wrong or um, uh, Raya. But my God, this is already one of those films I'm going, all right, this will probably be on my top 10 it's just a matter of uh, of how high it's going to be. Um, without getting too much in spoilers, because again, I am I'm really trying to dance around this. The initial scene where uh, she gets her panda powers, uh, where uh, mainly gets her panda powers, that's such a wonderfully imaginative like dream sequence. It's it's really nightmarish. It's almost like you're expecting Gozer to show up. I was a uh, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, okay, you're doing this. But it's so well handled how everything is laid out. There's just this point where Maylee just breaks down in her bed. And because she's so emotional, she turns into the panda. And she just cries herself to sleep as the panda. And I just wanted to give I just wanted to give her a hug. I was like, kid, I am so sorry you're going through this. And it's one of those films that as the film goes on, the more the characters get developed, uh, the more they really use um, her panda powers in really imaginative ways and really imaginative fun uh, sight gags. It's <laughs> there's a point where this girl um, in the bathroom uh, she turns into the panda and the girl looks up at her and goes oh and and she can't even finish the G because Maylee takes her paw, puts it on her head, and just pushes her back in the stall. And that was one of the hardest laughs I got all film. Um, Getting to my final thoughts, because I I, I don't want to talk anymore, because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, This film was absolutely incredible. Um, There is one plot point that involves a phone number, but it honestly could have been found on Google. So I kind of give that bit a pass, because I think there is a way you could have gotten this person's phone number in order to tie into the plot point. You'll know when you get there. But it was one of those things that went, yeah, you actually could have gone about it this way and that would have been, and that probably would have worked still. So, but um, outside of that small nitpick, and that is a small nitpick, this movie just has this incredible rhythm. It's always fun. I never found myself bored. Um, it just has this great pacing. Um, I, I can't really remember how long it is. It's only like, it feels like it's under two hours um, for sure. 
But it's one of those movies I just went, yeah, this is how you do these sorts of films. And I was just really happy. The more I watched this, the more I was like, yeah, I fucking dig this. And again, I found myself crying, uh, not crying, weeping at multiple points. I, I just had so much fun with this. It's a very simple explanation for the panda, but it actually makes sense. And I don't know, y'all. This is this felt inspired. This made me just happy, and I just really wanted to go back and watch this again. Uh, this is out on March 11th. I cannot find the runtime for this. I, I know it's under two hours. I, I it cannot be more than like an hour 40. But again, it's well paced. It's fun. Um, you can watch this with your kids, and honestly, I think your kids are gonna love this freaking movie. Not just because of the pretty colors. Uh, but this is something that you can watch with your kids, and hopefully, you both take away uh, take away things from it. Um, I definitely was like, "Wow, I'm impressed that Pixar is going here with some of these discussions." But yeah, absolutely well worth the watch. I don't see how this doesn't crack my top ten. Uh, this is a fan fucking tastic of the highest order. Uh, this is probably my favorite Pixar film since Soul. And again, all due respect to Ray and the Last Dragon, and to Encanto, which I enjoyed, but I actually like this even more than Encanto. Uh, I, I just absolutely adore this movie. So check this out on March 11th when it comes out. It is well worth your time. It is freaking awesome. But everyone, turning red, what did you think of it? Let us know uh, when you've seen it and let us know in, the, know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us most places you listen to podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, to name a few spots at The Real Pineapple. You can also find me on um, on a uh, on a, I was gonna I was gonna say on the Twitter, but I already mentioned that you can find me on uh, Letterboxd at at uh, Black Shazam, and you can find me on TikTok at Black Shazam seven seven five. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Hunter Real Pineapple. Uh, by the time you listen to this, uh, the show will be on hiatus, but we will have episodes dropping. Um, or that will have dropped already by the time we've heard this. Uh, reviews will be up for the Batman. My best and worst of for 2021 will be up. Um, oh gosh, what else? We will have leading up to the Oscars, um, like a week ahead of the Oscars. So basically from uh, like the 18th until the 27th when the Oscars actually happen, we will have a review for every Best Picture nominee, uh, one per day from the 18th until Oscar season, uh, or until the 27th. I'm really excited to have a review for every single Best Picture nominee. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Um, get your COVID shot. Take care of each other. Wear your mask. Stay safe. And we will talk to you soon.